0: Welcome to The Gabby Ree Show, where everything is an experiment. Hi, everyone. This is the bonus episode to my Dr. Palmer interview. I just felt really energetic and optimistic about talking to Dr. Palmer because I think when it comes to certain mental health disorders, people really feel that uh, something that they're struggling with is something that they can never fix or only medicine will help them, medication. And just to hear him discuss real lifestyle changes impacting people's, the metabolic disorder of their brain, I just was really inspired. So I got asked, hey, is there a list of lifestyle changes that I've made in this past year you know what things have I been able to make routine that have really helped? Well, I'll just start with a very basic one. And I'm not sure if it's by force because my husband is obnoxious about sleep, but I've started to go to bed earlier. And I think you can relate to this. You know, you're and you're busy all day long. I won't isolate it to gender, but I feel like for women, especially when you have children, it's like the only time you get this pocket for yourself is at night. And, you know, I like to either read, watch documentaries, or watch stand-up comedy. And it's kind of almost like this time where I don't have to be anyone. I can just be myself and enjoy. And then, you you know, you hear all the information, of course, about light disrupting your sleep and all of these things. But I, I went ahead with that because I sort of thought, hey, my enjoyment, just that time to myself, I just really... Cherished that time, and so I did start kind of going to bed quite a bit earlier. And I will say this: by the time you're listening to this, our days are all shorter right now. This is the great time of the year to try to go to bed earlier. I don't know about you, but there are days where I'm like, it's got to be nine thirty, and I look and it's seven o'clock. So I start. I'm probably going to bed about an on average about an hour earlier. It started with 15 minutes. It's you know I do wear blue blocking lenses in the night. But it just, I just started to realize I do it yes for my enjoyment, but I started doing it because it was a habit. Like, oh, I put everyone and everything is in bed and Laird's asleep and no more emails to answer. Now it's my time. But I realized there were plenty of nights I could have just gone to bed myself. So I started looking at that and either getting into the bed earlier and and having kind of this coveted time for myself, but then also peeling back on the amount of that time, and then finally listening to myself like, hey, do you just feel like going to bed? And it has made me feel a lot better when I get up. I feel more relaxed. I'm not a great sleeper. It's something I'm always navigating. However, I just feel a lot calmer and better throughout my days because of this. So it's really helped. And I did it because I thought it I would just experiment and explore. And then I've, I've also done it with some other things, really simple things. I never drink uh, caffeine past 12 o'clock. Again, I'm not a great sleeper, so I find it pretty disruptive. So I, I just, I have that one very large cup in the morning with Laird. I drink it slowly. I never slam it and go. I take every sip. I visit with him and that's it. I have this pocket, but I I know there's people who go all day long and drink caffeine and maybe they can, it doesn't disrupt their sleep. So I'm not suggesting that people have to do that, but I'm just sharing one habit where even maybe sometimes I would have an afternoon like a tea or yerba mate. I just cut that all out because I did find it easier on the other side uh, to, to get to bed earlier, which then leads to getting up earlier. And I'm an alarm setter. You know, Larry can get up without the alarm. And I'm offended if it's dark out when I get up. So I I set an alarm. And um, I started getting up just 15 minutes earlier. But again, taking that time for myself. Laird's already downstairs in the kitchen. I am by myself. I learned from my friend, John, too, a facial massage that kind of wakes up your face. So I spend seven minutes doing that in the morning. I can maybe get John to shoot a video to show you guys. Get that fascia all loosened up and um, you know, kind of drain any puffiness from the sleep. And I stick to it. There's mornings I get up, I don't want to do it. I do it every single morning. And finally, so I started some good habits, getting to bed earlier, waking up a little earlier and kicking bad habits. For me, it was, it was kind of staying up late. It was almost like a defiance, like I'm going to do what I want. But I stopped listening to myself and my body at that point. So I, I just kind of offloaded that. And then with the food, I have really cut back on the amount of food I eat. And there was a minute there during kind of the heart of COVID where, like, it's almost like certain foods became a part of my regular nutrition. I just really tightened it up. You know, looking at food as something I absolutely can enjoy, but as this fuel uh, that I'm, I want. And it, it always, even though I know it, and I talk to people every week that remind me, it's amazing when I eat the way I need to. So I have enough fiber and enough macro, micronutrients and minerals and such that my cravings really go away. So I I don't want the breads and the, you know, the sugar as much. So I think I just have taken this last six to eight months to kind of tighten that up just a little more. And, you know, I get asked all the time, hey, what happens when you slip up? What what does that mean? Why do we have to view this as a mistake? I think that that's that's part of maybe the error. We didn't slip up. We just didn't make the best choice in that moment. It's more about having a relationship sometimes with the flow of things, not being like, oh, that was good and that was bad, and I made a mistake and I did it right. It's like, hey, you wake up each day, you're doing the best that you can, And there are times that we don't make the best, it's sort of like the best use of our words or the best choice of saying something. It's like, yeah, I I probably could have made a better choice. So I don't look at it as a slip up because also I know exactly what I'm doing. That's the other thing. Don't, if we say, hey, oh yeah, last night I totally slipped up. I had like eight beers or, you know, four tequilas. It's like, no, that was a completely conscious decision, which is fine. but. I think it's better to have both. I talk a lot about that, grace and accountability. Um, you did it because you wanted to. Maybe you're out with friends. Maybe uh, you wanted to blow off steam. It's holidays, whatever it is, but take full ownership of that. And then, you know the other side of the question was, how do I forgive and push through mentally? This is different than slipping up. So let's say somebody is navigating something in their life. that's hard. You know, they lost their job or they've had a breakup or maybe they have a, they're they wrestling some stuff with food. This is different because when I hear the word forgive, that's like some kind of transgression. So I think rather than us putting ourselves in situations that we have to forgive ourselves, maybe we could just look at it with that curiosity and go, hey, what is going on with me? Why am I doing this? Do I need to get some help? Should I talk to somebody? Could I do this better? And look at it that way, Because I think to get in the cycle of I do something, then I punish myself, then I have to try to forgive myself, I think that's too tough of of a place to live. I think it's trying to get to the essence of why did I do that and what are the steps I can take to move in the direction and the place that I want to. I also feel really passionately about taking shame away from everything. I think people are fragile. I think human beings, we're fragile. We're also so complex and complicated, and our lives are layered with so many different shades and different things happening, depending on you know, what time of, of life are we in, what's going on in our professional life, in our personal lives in our self-care life. So maybe being able to step back and look at it more objectively and then going back to that strategy. Okay, this isn't working. What can I do? What's the first step? I think it's hard to solve the whole problem all at once. I, I got a note the other day from somebody, a gentleman who was talking about not feeling well and then being on too many medications and also fighting maybe feeling depressed and he just couldn't get out of it, right? It's like how do I peel that onion? And I think a lot of people, I feel like a lot of us go through this and then you add maybe people have been more isolated, then they're looking around and they think everyone else has it figured out and they're living these incredible lives and it's simply not true. And don't look at other people. It's about you and your life and you you're just being the best you. And that, and by the way, that is good enough. So when I get asked, you know, if I slip up, I don't think I look at it like that. And also I I also know I know exactly what I'm doing. But again, if you are going through something that is just bigger than you right now, this is the time to have that grace and accountability kind of hammer one in each. So you don't want to let yourself off the hook, but I think sometimes with love and love for yourself and compassion for yourself with that strong accountability, getting an outside person, getting some help, creating that strategy is the only way to really slowly and methodically and realistically peel that onion for real change. Because if we don't do it in a real way, we can't hold on to that change. We won't be able to sustain it. I just want to encourage you if you're going through that. And, you know, people, you know, it's like me pushing through it mentally. I have exercised my relationship with self restraint and discomfort long enough that I have a a pretty positive feedback loop with that. However, let's not kid ourselves. Part of why I'm successful is my environment. I live with a person that helps me stay. In these habits that are better for me. I'm preparing food for my family out of my desire to be this example for my, for my girls and to provide that food for Laird. So it re-sort of reinforces me. Which brings me to this kind of interesting thought I had the other day. I was being interviewed by Kimberly Snyder. And Kimberly was asking me about, like, oh, where do you think your strength came from? And she's like the kindest lady. She's so Warm and nice, and she kept saying, You're so strong and you're so loving. And it it really dawned on me. I went to college on an athletic scholarship at 17 years old, regardless of all the years prior to that. From that moment to now, everything has worked in my favor to help me be strong. Okay, you go into sports. Oh, you have coaches. You have a lifestyle. You have to go to practice. You have to go to the gym. I figured out eating closer to 22, and then it kind of tweaked it and kept tweaking it. And obviously you keep tweaking it, but let's say by 22, all the way to 28, 30, I'm in a partnership at 25 with somebody who, listen, we're imperfect, but Laird's a good guy and he's healthy in his mind, his emotional health. You know, I joke that he's borderline probably crazy, but he's found a place to, you know, put it and manage it. And that's for real. But this is what I want to say. I don't think I'm actually strong because everything has supported me to be strong. What is strong is that if you can do it when you're not in that situation. So let's say you have to work long hours. You didn't learn from your parents' great lifestyle habits. You don't have a ton of extra time or other resources to get a trainer or do whatever. But somehow you're still getting up and you're figuring out how to make best choices. If you ask me, that is strong. For me, what I'm doing is what I should be doing. I, I should be a byproduct or a product of the environment that I've had the luxury to live in you know, for over 30 years. But if you can get some of this right when it's really hard, I think that's so powerful. So I, I just wanna encourage you, because maybe from the outside looking in, certainly at least at you know, kind of my world, I don't really have one thing figured out. I've just been put in great environments. I've had incredible mentors. I have a lot of resources. There's people I can call. And I have a, I have a great partner who helps me. So you know, find those allies, ask those questions. It's okay to ask for help. Be kind to yourself, but also don't bullshit yourself. And there is really no alternative. That's the other thing. I think we have to really try for ourselves. It's just worth it. And not much more else is going to be important. We can make a million excuses, but in the end, end besides a loved one, what is more important than you and your health? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you want to learn more, there is a ton of valuable information on my website. Head to the link in the show notes and click gabbyreese.com to find a full breakdown with helpful links to studies, research, books, products, and more. Stay tuned for a bonus episode coming this Thursday, where I go deeper on one of the topics that really resonated with me. If you have any questions for my guests or even myself, please send them to at Gabby Reese on Instagram. If you feel inspired, please hit the follow button, leave a rating and a comment. It not only helps me, it really helps the show grow and reach new listeners. Seeking the truth never gets old.